All right, what up? Welcome to the podcast, episode 94. Stuart Anderson here with uh, Team Midwelle. So uh, three years ago when we started the podcast, just a brief introduction here. Uh, <laughs> we had the idea that the, the team is big. So our Salt Lake City-based Midwelle team, it's a big group. And uh, it's been around for now 40 years. And a lot of the stories and a lot of the people uh, didn't know each other. So we started the podcast interviewing team members and moving through local people that we ride with and that we see and telling the stories. So the team is closer and the culture of the team is brought together. That is the purpose. Uh, that is what we hope to accomplish. And that purpose uh, is going really well. Uh, the people that listen to this podcast are members of this team, and it's fun to expand a little and reach out to professionals, people in the industry, uh, people that we associate with and things that we do and see all the time to get their stories, to understand them, and to kind of expand our horizons when it comes to cycling and building an incredible community which this is. Uh, I'm so grateful to be part of the Utah cycling community and help build this group because I am passionate about bikes. I'm passionate about the way that bikes change lives, the things that bikes do for people when it comes to hard times or challenges and even just fitness for my kids and fitness for the challenges that the Nika and high school races offer. So uh, that's why this exists grateful for all those that listen, thankful for the sponsors of Midwelly, which make it possible for us to produce this. It's through our sponsors that we pay for the, the website that we upload the, the podcasts to. Uh, it's because of our sponsors that we are afforded a lot of opportunities on this team. So super grateful for them. Grateful for cyclingupgrades.com as our title sponsor. Uh, thankful for Corby and all that cyclingupgrades.com does for the team not only in giveaways and, and fun activities, but also uh, the money that Corby gives for anything that this team needs, whether it's gear, uh, crash replacement kits, sponsoring our team camp in April, uh, cyclingupgrades.com affords us a lot of that. Uh, you're going to hear from Esma Taylor today, who is part of the Specialized team. And if you didn't know it, Kristen, me, and Spencer are Specialized Ambassadors. Uh, we reach out to Specialized anytime we're doing giveaways, Team Camp, Canyons Challenge, and Esma is the one that we work with. So uh, grateful to introduce her to the team. Thankful for her example, her leadership, not only in Specialized, but also as a racer. You're going to learn a little bit about her journey and especially how she got into cycling and what makes cycling so special for her and the people that she tries to bring into the cycling community. Uh, Esma has a great story and, and, and great suggestions for all of us who are part of this community on how we can grow the sport be more inclusive, and make this a place where people just love to be. So uh, grateful for Esma. Hopefully you'll follow her journey, whether it's on Instagram or Strava. Uh, she is just getting started, and, and Kristen alludes to that, that she's the next generation of, of cyclists in America. So uh, fun to support her, fun to support all that she does. So hopefully you enjoy her story. I was sure grateful to connect with her and thankful that she had the time uh, to be with us. So enjoy this episode. Thanks to everybody that's listening, and uh, that's it. Go Midwelle. Thanks. What's up? Episode 94, Midwelle Podcast. Grateful to be with you. If you are watching the video, I have Esma Taylor, Kristen Anderson. Welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. Happy to be here. <laughs> it is uh, November 8th. Grateful to do this little uh, podcast together. I'll introduce Esma in just a second because I don't know if very many people on Midwelle know who Esma is, but she plays a big role in our team. So grateful to have you here. Uh, a couple announcements. 40th anniversary kits are up. I think I'll produce this before the store closes. So neon 40th anniversary kits are available till November 13th. Kristen, what a uh, necessary item are you buying from the 40th anniversary kit? Mm, it's hard to choose. I want all of it. Mm -hmm. I want some, one of everything. Um, probably going to go with for sure cash bibs um, mm. because I don't plan on anything but dirt next season. Whoa, and whoa, whoa, whoa. Maybe the new zipperless jersey. Mm. Go with but the you, cash bib gravel vibe. And you saw Chip's long sleeve 40th anniversary kit. You oh, really like so the full good. pink. Yeah, you really like the full pink sleeve. Oh, yes. I'll have to do a long sleeve. I'll probably do the Velocity Air long sleeve. Okay. 
Very but good. I'm trying to I'm trying to be a minimalist with this, but it's really mm -hmm. hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cycling and being good. a minimalist, they don't really go that well together. So they really don't. Okay. One last announcement. Team camp April 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th in St. George. So mark your calendar and don't make any excuses. Everyone should be there. It's going to be the best. And Esma, you could come. I think we even invited you last oh. year. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You could show these boys a thing or two. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so we're going to move on. Esma is a USA. I'm going to read your official. Actually, I don't really have an official introduction, but uh, I know Esma because she's the USA Ambassador Marketing Specialist for Specialized, which is super awesome. And you're also a professional racer. I don't know exactly what took. It's the ABUS team, but it, it, automatic ABUS. What do I call the? Uh, okay, you tell me. Yeah. Yep. You got it. Automatic okay. ABUS. Automatic um, ABUS. Yeah. Okay. It, yeah. A racing team and club uh, out of Boulder, Colorado, which is where she lives. And I was looking at some of your race results. You spent a lot of time racing. I try. <laughs> <laughs> like you were uh, even, uh, I think the last two years you've even been at the Salt Lake crit, right? Yep. Yep. Salt Lake crit last two years, both years, horrible at the Salt Lake crit. <laughs> <laughs> Heat stroke, both of them. Not my race, uh, but it's fun, and I will always go to it because it is um, pretty easy drive over. So I'm stuck. Got gotta come. But <laughs> well, that's usually the hottest day of the year, and then they do the race at like 3 p.m. I'm like, this is smart. It's awful. It's one of those races where you're where you really um, come to find out if you can handle the heat or not. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Most cannot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were talking about how cool it is that you live in Boulder, uh, how much you love it there. What a cool place. Uh, Kristen's dad used to live in Colorado Springs, so we spent some time there, and Kristen lived there. Um, but yeah, you're close, and your climate is a lot like mine. You were just saying you're going out. Oh, no, you're not going out today. Not today. Um, not today. But it's honestly, the fall isn't bad. It's like that's an asterisk. It's either summer or winter in the fall. I feel like here, um, you don't really get too much like in between. Um, nice. Um, so we met Esma through the specialized ambassador program. Uh, so we try not to, I try not to pester you. I, I feel like all ambassadors are probably pestering you. So we try to, I kind of keep my distance, but we're watching and it's fun. We're uh, Strava friends, which I thought was cool that you are a real racer, a real rider, that you're in this industry a lot. Um, I joked with Kristen that, you know, we, we're part of Miduele. We do a lot of work for Vole. Um, we're specialized ambassadors. And so there's a, oh, we're high school mountain bike coaches. And so there's a lot of our family that revolve. Okay. Not a lot. Like almost all of our family revolves around bikes and yours is probably very similar right? Shaking your head. Yes. Um, yes. maybe, um, could you talk about that? Like how it all started, how you got into your background into bikes? Is that a good place to start? Yeah, for Let's sure. Um, yeah. I tell almost everyone all the time that I'm all bikes all the time, right? Like <laughs> nice. my whole life is bikes. Um, and it was a pretty, abrupt change. Like I didn't, um, I wouldn't say I've had the traditional trajectory, um, both career wise and like on the bike and off the bike. Um, with all that being said, I'm so, so, so grateful to be where I'm at right now. Um, but it definitely wasn't easy. I've haven't gotten any free hand ups. I've, um, haven't even broken out, you know, in my cycling career by any means. So I have a long ways to go, but, um, I started cycling, like actually, like actually really racing just last year. Um, but I did get into cycling in, uh, let's see around 2018, 2019. Um, so that's when I was a freshman in college. I went to Indiana university. Thankfully I went to Indiana university or else I don't think I would have ever found the bike. Um, so that was definitely a blessing in disguise, but, um, I'm grew up in Indiana, more like central Indiana. Um, and, went to school in Southern Indiana at IU. And if you don't know, they have the little 500. Um, mm. So I don't know if you've, you've ever seen breaking away or heard of mm. breaking away. 
Um, so that kind of goes over all the history of Lil 500 and it follows a team called the Cutters. It's super awesome. You should watch it. But nonetheless, I went to IU after having like a pretty prolific career in gymnastics. So I was a gymnast my whole life. Um, that was originally the sport I wanted to like fully pour myself into um, a few broken vertebrae and oh wrist surgeries later before I was like 18. <laughs> I was like, all right. Um, I don't know, you know, if, if this is, you know, feasible. Um, so got to college, um, was honestly like just still trying to make gymnastics work. So I joined the club team. Um, but at this point, you know, nothing, it wasn't the same like competitive atmosphere and my body hurt. And I was just like, all right, like I need to lay this to rest. Um, so then low 500, um, I, I knew about it. Uh, my dad rode bikes just like super casually. So I knew cycling was a thing. Like some people don't even know cycling exists. I feel like a lot of people (laughs) don't know. It's, it's like a thing you can professionally, um, pursue, but I knew my dad biked, um, and when I got to college, I actually, I joined a sorority and Lil 500 is very, very Greek based. So you have a ton of um, sororities and fraternity teams that race in it, uh, but you also it's have some independent teams. Yeah. It's so it's, it's crazy. You guys yeah. should really, if you go watch some, like, <laughs> I'm gonna, like, now. like it's looking so at the funny. So what makes it so funny is that it, it is a, just a, bunch of you have like 80 percent of the teams that do it super leisurely um and so you're throwing together 33 teams um 33 riders you only have one uh rider of your team represented at a time on the track it's a cinder track um you have these fixed gear coaster brake bikes with really small gears so you i forget exactly what it is but it's like a 46 something like is like you spin out Mm. um it's it's just super bizarre it's like one piece cranks they were schwinn i think they 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 have been schwinn for a while i think they just changed um to state bicycle bike so um maybe a little nicer but anyways it's it's a crazy race um the other 20% of teams take it really seriously. Um, and my team happened to be one of those teams. So I did train kind of year round from sophomore to senior year for this one race. Um, and it's not even an official like varsity race or anything like that. It's literally just um, an annual bike race held at Indiana University, just IU students. Um, <laughs> and it has a lot of history. Um, it's just bizarre, but I love it. Super fun. Um, <laughs> it kickstarted my my love for cycling. And like as soon as I started getting into that realm, I was like, this is what I want to do. I worked at a bike shop every single summer after that, like starting no sophomore way. year. Um, yeah, I just like fully dived into to cycling. Um, I worked at a few different shops. I loved it. I did um service. Um and it was great. It taught me a lot. And it was really like, um, I don't know, like I said, I just like dove into it very quickly. Um, and I think I poured everything I had and all my interests, like I, I 360, I was like, I want to be an Olympic gymnast. And I was like, nope, I'm going to be a bike racer. <laughs> um, so with that being said, I didn't really race that much in college. Right. I really, I think I did like a few races like tour of saint or yeah tour saint louis my team went there um we had like one crit one collegiate crit at iu i did um and i did little 500 so um i didn't do too much racing but i did a lot of training uh we had our coach um was a professional cyclist so he was coaching us and we were doing legit workouts. I was probably doing around 15 hours a week in college without really like knowing it um, at the time, but definitely like a decent base, a lot of cadence work and like kind of track-esque efforts. We're doing rollers a lot, um, things that didn't necessarily equate to like a big engine. Um, So the more you get to know me, you'll know I have great top end and absolutely (laughs) nothing else (laughs) um and uh that's something i can touch on too just like the idea of like this um 
everyone around me right now, I feel like everyone who's really good and who's my age, like they came up through the junior ranks and that's mm. not something, you know, necessarily I've had or experienced. So um, sometimes I feel like I'm 10 steps behind, um, but I'm working my butt off um, and it's, it's been going well and I have a lot of lofty goals. So nice. <laughs> um, there's, there's definitely um, no shortage of where I want to be, but yeah, college. Great graduated, actually got a job with Specialized. Uh, I, I was interviewing at Specialized senior year, uh, got the position, moved out to Boulder two weeks after graduating. So wow. I have been with Specialized in, in Boulder since I graduated college, um, which is funny. It's like, I'm so I'm 24 um, and I am essentially managing all of USA Sports Marketing right now. I'm in a fantastic spot in my career. I love it. I have a lot of responsibility. Um, I manage all of our professional athletes and our ambassadors and our teams and our clubs and Dang, partnerships Isma. and um, sponsorships, all of it. So, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. That's so much. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Kristen, any follow up question? Um, I had one. Lots of things. Um, what it was like to be a female service person in a bike shop is always interesting to me. I feel like bike shops are kind of like ski shops, <laughs> pretty mm -hmm. typical to go in and just kind of find like a big group of guys. And, you know, I've talked to, um, people before about like kind of being intimidated, you know, by the bike shop scene when you're new into cycling, especially the female, but, um, interesting to hear just like your whole come up, but like your, your, your thoughts of just being, being a female in the cycle industry, um, like what, like, how does that drive you? What does that mean to you? I guess. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, shop life, uh, to put it like very honestly was very, very, very hard as a female. That's a triple very, very, yeah. very, very hard. I will never sugarcoat that because it is the reality of it. And if I were to go back to a shop with all my experience right now and knowing what I know, and being who I am, I would still get treated the way I was treated when I was um, 19 and just getting into bikes, you know, mm. and someone who's not um, naturally exuding confidence. Like I'm not somebody who um, is, is naturally just like, oh, I know what I'm doing. Like I'm outspoken, like none of that. I wouldn't characterize myself as that. So I stepped into this environment that at first I was like, this is great. This will be fun. And it was, it was hostile um, and not my coworkers, but customers. It was hard. Um, I had great coworkers, thank goodness, because if I didn't, I think I would have been gone very quickly. Um, but they were always there to kind of remind me like, Hey, like, you know, your shit, like you're fine. Um, bring it back down to earth. Cause there were definitely moments where I was like, I need to step away. Um, and it was just a lot of assumptions. It was a lot of like, offhanded comments. It was a lot of like, is there a man here I can speak to? Um, it was a lot of like, are you sure you know how to do that? Or are, are you sure like, you know what you're talking about? It was a lot of comments on my appearance physically. It was like, oh, you have strong legs. And I'm like, oh, that's the first thing you're going to like come up to me and comment about. Um, and I remember like all of those things, like it sticks with you. Um, and it's, it's how you're perceived. Um, and it's, it's just one of those moments as a woman, you're like, oh, like this is truly like, this is literally how I'm seen, um, by a, by a lot of, um, mainly older gentlemen that come into bike shops. So that was like a bit of an eye opener and like, oh, wow, like this really like happens. This exists. Like it's, you know, <laughs> uh, there's like, it's still there. So with that being said, I kept coming back and I kept kind of like coming back to like prove myself more and more. Um, and I did, I, at the end of me working at shops in the beginning of me interviewing for specialized, I, I was confident in what I knew. Uh, and that took a lot of, um, growth, like just like personal growth. And that was like a journey in and of itself. Um, like sitting here now I can confidently like talk to you two and, and say like, I can talk bikes all day, every day. Like I know a lot about the industry. I know a lot about 
tech specs. I can fix a bike. I can build a bike. I, you know, I know it all and not just road, like mountain cross, like everything gravel. Like, um, I ride it all. I've raced it all. <laughs> like, um, I get it. So yeah, I definitely like bike shops are a little tricky. Um, I think the industry as a whole is like slowly shifting. That's like even hard to say, cause you still don't see like a lot of, um, a lot of women in the industry. Um, but the women I know in the industry are incredible. They are some of like the smartest, most determined, passionate people I know. Um, so we definitely are represented well. <laughs> and I think, uh, I think that's a really good start. Um, yeah. But that was awesome. Um, as a I don't know if maybe you don't even remember you wrote this, but on your LinkedIn page, um, there's yes. these, there are these two paragraphs that are so cool um, that I kind of want to read to segment into why, maybe why you're in the industry. Um, so Esma wrote that sports, ha <clears throat> sports has and will continue to mirror our society. The values and lessons you learn in life has a direct parallel to those values and lessons you learn on the field. For many, sport is what opens the door for them to a life they otherwise couldn't imagine. I am passionate about recognizing and harnessing the leverage of sport. I want to help to continue to lower the barriers of entry and unite my community around these shared experiences. Throughout my career, I have worked as an advocate for athletes and riders around the nation. I am skilled in developing partnerships, taking on multiple tasks, and executing a wide range of responsibility with excellent time management skills. What, like, why, why do you feel this way? Yeah. Um, I actually, so I saw that and I love that you bring that up because it's something about me that like, I don't like talk too much about, but, um, Kristen, you, you will love this too. So first <laughs> off the quote is from Nelson Mandela. Um, cool. and I did a lot of like sport history and just like that type of, uh, study in college. I was so, so intrigued in how spirit, how sport mirrors society. So you will see for eternity that sport is a direct reflection of society, um, whether it's social causes or political changes, like whatever that may be. Um, you see a lot of that reflect back into sport because it is a platform, right? Like it is like, it is a platform just like any other thing. Um, Cycling is a little mm -hmm. funny because in the States, like you, you, you don't get that as much because it's not as big of a platform, but I think that's, we'll, we'll see more and more, um, that developing. But anyways, I was writing this, like in my undergrad, I was like, I want to go to grad school when I want to literally just like, like the, like socioeconomics of sport. Like I'm so intrigued by it. Um, and I was writing this whole thing about women in sport and women in sport is one of the biggest topics where you can point back time and time again and be like that, like mirror society, um, right. and kind of the advancements, um, or lack of advancements, uh, in what's happening. So I just like for fun was like in undergrad was writing this, like I wrote this like 200 page essay, just like in my free time oh, about women in sport and kind of, and kind of like going into it and just like it, no one's seen it. It's like, I've done nothing with it, but it's, it's crazy. Like, um, it's a rabbit hole you can go down. So, um, I'm super interested in the development of sport. And I think, that's where cycling really piques my interest because there's so much more development to go. So you look at like NFL, NBA, NHL, MLS, and you're kind of like, okay, like it's, it is how it is. And it's been this way for a while. And there's like small developments still happening on like the like financial sides of things and kind of like contractual side. But, but other than that, like the bones of those sports and those organizations aren't going to change take that cycling in America and like, woo, flip that on its head. Like we've had multiple different crit series. We have NCL popping up. We have all these different organizations like vying for uh, that, the thing that will stick to be American cycling um, in the bones of racing in America. So mm. that's like super interesting to me. I love being a student of the sport, um, both 
just like sports in general, and then especially cycling. Cycling is a great sport to be a student of. Um, you can learn a lot, uh, whether it's just like looking at organizations and how they've kind of formed and or dissolved, um, or just the sport itself, just like the racing. Like I love watching um, the Grand Tours. I love watching the classics. Like it's the best. Um, it's so fun. <laughs> Esme, your passion for this sport is unmatched. Well done. <laughs> nice. Thank you. <laughs> Kristen, any questions? While she was talking, I was sitting there thinking about, I think it's like why, even when my kid hated it, I was so drawn to like coach and be a part of NICA and especially the female program that they run because I watched it change, change people. And give kids that kind of are on maybe the fringe or they're not in those core sports, right? Like they, they don't play football or basketball or whatever. And I've just kind of watched it teach them things that are invaluable. Like it's like really, it really is something that has such like a far way to go, but I like want to be a part of like the little steps and watching Nike grow since my daughter started to, what, 2,300 athletes just in our state competing for state this year. Um, and, I, you know, I did like a little dive into the numbers of when it started here and how many girls went to state. And it literally was like less than 100 in 2015. You know, and so it's like watching it, it's like, it's like when you're training and you can kind of like see the gains, you know, like it's like exciting to see. But it's interesting to just um, – you know, talk to you about what you see from the industry side of like how much potential there really is. And the females that I look at that are in this industry, I mean, they're incredible. Like they're just incredible people all around. Stu and I were talking about Sarah Sturm the other day, just about, you know, how they are using this as a platform. Like they're starting to see that they can sort of help society see things in a different way, just like through riding a bike. And I've always said it's so much more to me and to us than the bike. It's like so much more than just riding the bike to Stu and I, otherwise I don't think we would put so much time and energy into it. But anyway, it's just nice to hear from the, from the industry side too, that, you know, the potential, especially for females in the sport is being seen and hopefully we can figure out a way together to like push that forward. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway. Um, yeah. Great. Thank you, Kristen. Very, very good. Um, I was thinking about the little girl that you rode with that one time um, from the Olympus team. It was like her first year riding. This is so cool. And and Kristen was kind of riding with her and she'd been like a dancer. And they're on this ride. She was a what? She you decided to You kind of cut out. She was what? Oh, she was she was actually a senior in high school and like it was the year before the summer before her senior year that she decided I'm gonna leave dance and I'm just gonna do this mountain bike thing and try it and see how it goes yeah, yeah and halfway through the ride she was like why have I been dancing dancing so dumb like, <laughs> this is so much better <laughs> it was such a yeah. funny I mean I'm not saying dancing I'm sorry if any any dancers are listening <clears throat> it was a good story <laughs> I constantly say like cycling is the only sport that has given back to me in the way it has. Um, I like kind of touched on like my lack of general confidence earlier, but like cycling is the one thing where I'm like, you know what? Like I haven't done a lot yet. I haven't really like, there's nothing crazy that's happened, but like with that being said, like the, the hours and the training, like what I've put into it, there are so many moments I can point to and just like, where I'm like that, that is the, all the hard work paying off. Um, mm -hmm. even if it's just me, like by myself riding my bike and I'm just like, Oh, I just hit like a new power number. Right. And it's like, that's it. Like there, there, there it is. Um, I'll give you a little bit, like each, every, what, like couple months. Um, it just keeps you coming back for more, but yeah, cycling is one of the few sports that's like truly given back to me. Um, I think gymnastics took a lot for me, um, mm -hmm. a lot. Uh, you're just like pouring more and more and more into it. And then I got very little out of it. Um, but I haven't yet, like, I will pour everything I have into cycling. And if it doesn't pay off and then if I don't see the success I want to see, I'm not going to like regret that. 
by any means nice. um, because it still has changed who I am in a, in a very positive way. Great perspective. Um, when you look at the, like the huge view of this industry, because you have a really interesting perspective of um, professionals and teams and ambassadors and a giant product um, with specialized, like what do you see like, what's the direction that this giant thing is going? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, oh, I don't even know where to start with that one. Um, I'm seeing good things. Um, I'm definitely seeing, like, improvement where there needs to be improvement. There's more women-specific teams and Devo-specific programs popping up. Um. <clears throat> there's still a giant issue with funding in the cycling industry. Uh, mm. So you still see a ton of turnover of teams. Um, you see a ton of turnover of teams on all levels from club to UCI um, and everything in between. You see turnover of events and races. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the really big negative thing. And that's really hard because I'm not, um, at least in the road space, you, you're seeing a lot of struggle with keeping things alive. Uh, and while there's still like maybe some, like I'm seeing on the roadside, some growth and interest, uh, the infrastructure just isn't there. And the problem when it comes to like the infrastructure is like, I, there's hardly anything I can do about it. Um, I can sit here all day and be like, I want to support your program. I want to support you as a writer. Um, but what do you do when you're seeing a ton of women getting stuck um, in cat three, four, because there's no local races around them that have more than five riders? Mm, yep. Like, what do you do when they, they they don't have the money to go do toad or go do gateway or Intelli or speed week, one of these large events where like they can get upgrade points. Um, so there are like a lot of these really like integral, like grassroots, like local level issues that I um, don't have the answer for, and I'm like a little scared that it's going to take a lot longer to like see improvement there. Mm. Um, but like on the higher level, especially when you're looking at off-road events, you're seeing this huge explosion, um, and opportunities, opportunity. Like I will never be one to say like, oh, just because it's this discipline or in this like realm or region or whatever, like it's, it, it doesn't have a, an effect because it does like you, even the off-road space kind of growing, like it is having an effect. It is especially in like a non-endemic sense. So that's something we struggle with is this like buy-in non-endemically. Um, we can go back to like NFL, NBA, all these sports that have this like incredible infrastructure and org organization you, you're seeing um, athletes develop from five to 50, um, right? You have them in like, we have Nike and we have these really good youth programs, but then not as good of collegiate programs. And mm -hmm. then not nearly as good of programs right outside of collegiate opportunities. So that's like, that's really hard. Um, you were just like seeing all these gaps. And unfortunately, like when there's a gap, Th that rider falls off that talent like is no longer um because there is no opportunity and they're like well what do i do like i'm now just keep like, consistently hitting this wall and i don't see a way to improve to get over it to get better um and that that's like super challenging so that's an issue um but i i see more investment in women's sport and youth development still and like that's all good and dandy i do think like some major things are going to need change though, in order to like continuously support that or else it's just going to, it's just going to fold. Like it, it's just one of the things like I will never just like, I'm not like, I want action and I want to do what I can do to actually change things. Um, and I'm very aware of when things are like, no matter how much I'm pouring and do something, that's like a really good <laughs> thing to to put resources into, um, I'm like, I can't hold this up. Um, so I think we just need mm -hmm. more resources and meet more like financial support and like non-endemic buy-in into cycling uh, to see it really thrive. Nice. Anything else? Anything else that you're not 
I feel like you have other solutions that you're not quite telling us. <laughs> oh, I have so guys, I have so many things. I want like, I want my I, hands on this document. I want <laughs> I have so many things. Um, uh, um, what else? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, because like, you are talking to yeah. a group of very gra- you're talking in the grassroots right now. That's who's listening yeah. to you. I mean, yeah. if you if you're gonna if you're gonna have a platform and you're you know, you're now standing in front of me dwelling, you're like, Hey, this is what I need this group to do. Like, what would you say to them? Yeah. Ooh, I love that. That's actually makes me excited. Okay. (laughs) So I recently thought of this. Um, I recently was like, and I've thought about this with automatic. I'm like, what if, okay, let me back up. I did a lot of racing in Northeast this year, a ton. It was my first time going to the Northeast. I was like, New York, New Jersey, Philly, what is this? I'm not a big city girl. I was like blown away. <laughs> There's so many people. Um, and it was so busy and terrifying and I didn't want to drive anywhere, <laughs> <laughs> but it was uh, phenomenal. I did not know there were a ton of racers out there. Um, a ton of female racers and everyone riding a bike is a racer. And I'm not saying that needs to be the pathway at all. Um, it is what I am passionate about. So I, I focus a lot on racing and racing development, but if you're a bike rider, you, it's not, you know, you don't have to be a bike racer too. Um, the Northeast though is doing something right. And that is like small series, uh, that are really easily accessible, really cheap. And they happen every single week. Um, and you can cat up. And you can race your heart out um, and you can build this community that is unlike anything I've ever seen. Um, Out in Boulder, you have a ton of cyclists. You don't have a ton of bike races. We have great infrastructure in terms of um, bike paths and bike lanes and like a general sense of respect um, with drivers um, and motorists. But Um, You don't get as many racers and that's because we have maybe five local races and the women's fields are maybe five deep. Uh, And and so I was thinking, yeah, yeah. And so I'm like, okay, out here, out West, I'm like, we just need to have these like smaller, consistent race races that are literally $15 a week, $10 a week, or you buy like a package for the summer and it's like six weeks or eight weeks of races um, we just need more of those things. Like it doesn't have to be this big production. It needs to be, if you're a cat four or five female, you race for free. Um, let like, let's partner with USAC. Let's make it official and let's get points involved. Right. Like, let's actually like make this something that's accessible, fun, like break down any of the barriers of like, this is intimidating. Um, like make it fun. And it's more intimidating because there's only five races a year around you. Um, so like all these little things that are kind of like a domino effect. Um, but the Northeast does a really good job at like, they have, um, clubs that are really strong that, uh, big club, like CRCA is like a big, uh, it's like the, I, I'm going to like butcher this. Cause I don't know exactly what it is, but I don't, I don't think it's like a, it's like an organization. And I think it's the organization that manages all cycling or all like a lot of the races in that region. So we just need more stuff like that. We had that in Colorado and it like folded, it was BRAC. Um, and it, it's like no longer. And when it became no longer, so did all the races that it supported. So, um, I think we just need kind of like a bit more of like a governing body in each of these regions that's taking responsibility on providing accessible races that happen more consistently. Um, they can promise it for a longer amount of time. And they're taking efforts to like reach out to those young women racers and young men racers who are again, four or fives in that looking to grow and being like, Hey, this is for you. Like, if you want to give this a shot, like we're assuring you, we're promising you that like, this is a pathway to your development. Um, we want you to succeed. We want to watch you succeed. We want to facilitate your growth. Um, I think there's a lot like gatekeeping in this sport and I'm just Mm. like, no, like if we could all just like facilitate each other's growth, um, the women's pro field is like 40 on a strong day and 20 on a regular day, um, which is bad. Like that's bad. Like I, my cat three fields were all much larger. Um, so then you're like, okay, why? 
Like what happened? Like where, where, what's the gap there? Um, and it's just people not wanting to facilitate growth. Um, it's small teams, uh, not a lot of opportunity, yada, yada, yada. So. Dang. It's so cool to hear your perspective. Like you, how, it's very rare that like what you're seeing in so many different places is so cool to hear about. I, that, I mean, we just see it here and I'm like, well, is this what's like everywhere? Like, is this like Kristen will arrive at a race and there, and she's like, oh, I finished. And it's like, you won. You're the, mm-hmm. you were the, there were multiple races this year where she's like, well, she won. She was the only woman. She was the only one that did that distance. Uh, um, but I agree. Very cool to hear. Uh, Kristen, any follow-up? No, I love, I love the, so in Utah, we have this like midweek mountain bike racing and it doesn't unfortunately involve points, but it's so fun because it just draws so many people. You, I can take my high school girls to it. We can take my family to it. There's a race for my youngest daughter who's like in elementary school. And then there's the expert pro category for the guys that want to go fast and go hard. But I agree that it's almost like the more chances to get people um, involved and, and kind of towing that line, you like almost don't know how much you want to race until you are doing that consistently. And, and it's something that you really love. And it's like, because we don't have it, um, they almost don't know. I think a lot of these kids, they start this thing in Nike and then they get out and they're like, okay, well, I've been racing an hour. And so I go from that to like, the only other event close to me is an eight hour gravel event <laughs> or a 10 hour mountain bike. Yep. You know, these huge, huge events that yes, they're epic, but like, you know, when you want to keep someone in the sport and kind of push them um, to keep growing, it's hard to make that jump from sort of that, you know, that, that Nike level racing into these like mega events. But that makes a lot of sense. There you go, babe. Start planning the me dwelly weekly. Oh boy. What road series <laughs> crit race around the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Perfect. As <laughs> my um, one thing I wanted to ask was you've seen a lot. I mean, you've, you've seen a lot of events. Uh, you've participated in a lot of things and you kind of alluded to it earlier, but um what do you feel you've overcome like challenges you faced and then how did you do it? Are you just like intrinsically motivated or do you have a backstory or a mentor or a coach? I mean, um, maybe tell us a bit about your own personal journey. Yeah. Um, I think that's the best part about myself. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I definitely, um, I think I am, um, I, like no one would be surprised um, that I can tell you both. Like I am the least competitive person you will ever meet. Um, I like literally don't, um, I don't get into that mode very easily. Um, I've always been like this. Um, I remember growing up like doing like um, soccer and just like sobbing. And my mom's like, you have to go to the game. I'm like, I don't want to. She's like, but you're good. Like you have to go, like they need you. And I'm like, no, like I'm so scared. Like I was scared. I was always scared. Um, I'm still scared, um, but that fear is like, uh, it's kind of, I'm able to um, redirect it a little bit, but um, naturally I'm not very competitive. I'm not very confident. And those are definitely two of the biggest things uh, on this path of becoming a professional cyclist. I'm like, okay, do I need to be those two things? Like, is that something that you just need to have hardwired into you in order to succeed? And this is something I've struggled with a lot because I'm like, am I like inherently just not going to be like, are all the best people just, are they overly confident? Um, and is that how they succeed? Uh, so that's something I go back and forth with. I think I'm motivated by very, very different things than other people are and other athletes. Um, I think I'm motivated by recognition, uh, of my hard work. I think I'm motivated by people saying like, I see you. Um, I know how hard you work on and off the bike. And like, I value you um, as a person. I arguably place my job in that work way above like my 
um, uh, where, um, how proud I am with cycling. I, I am so proud of my work, my job. Um, so proud of it. That's something I hold very, very near and dear. Um, and it's something I work really hard at. And while I also work really hard at cycling and all those things, um, I think I want people to like see my career first, um, with specialized and just like within sports marketing, um, and see the difference I'm making there before they see what I'm doing on the bike. Um, sorry, what was the, what was the original question? I've already gone on a tangent. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just challenges that you've challenges you faced and then how you over, how you overcame them, how you overcome them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is, it's a constant battle. It's a constant growth. And I think it's always going to be growth for me. I think that's, what's going to make me uh, continuously do this for the rest of my life is because I'm never going to fully become that person who's just like overly confident, uh, overly capable even, right? Like, I don't think I'm naturally talented on the bike. I've never been an endurance athlete. I always feel like I'm I'm just like 20 steps behind and I'm, hmm. I'm just like chase, chasing everyone's heels. So anyways, um, I think overcoming that is, is going to be my biggest challenge. And it's definitely something I haven't um, overcome. I've just, I've repositioned it in my head. Like I look at it differently. Uh, I think, uh, you, you had kind of mentioned like, um, or, or cued me in earlier, like, what would you, um, tell, what advice would you give young Esma? And I was thinking, I was like, gain some confidence, but then I was also, okay, well, maybe it would be more like, believe a bit more in yourself. Like you can do it. Right. So it's reframing, like the idea of like, well, just like, try to like get this trait that maybe you just don't have versus like, Hey, like you, it's appearing this way because you just don't believe you, you are able, um, and you are, and like, give yourself a bit more credit. Um, I am probably never going to view myself and my achievements the way some other people view them. Right. Um, it'll be very hard for me to like, be like, yes, like I did that. Or I won that. Like I won gateway last year. I won two of the races and like was like right off the podium for the other two and could have won the other two, but it was just like, meh, I'll give it to somebody else. And they they were 50 plus person fields. And it was the first time I was showing up to races with more than 20 people and I won them. And like, I attacked, like they weren't even just bunch spritz. Like I was like, this is it. When you do it, go now. Um, and I have to like, those are things like I have to remind myself of that moment and being where I'm at right now and be like, not everyone won gateway as a cat three. Like, that's like, great. That's like an amazing thing that you can kind of put in your back pocket, but it's hard to remind myself of those achievements because they don't seem very big and they're, they're in, they're not really, but it's still something I can, I can look back to and be like, be proud of it. So I think that's my biggest growth, um, as an individual, um, check back with me in five to 10 years. <laughs> okay. we'll see. Uh, I'd actually love that. Like, let's just put it on the calendar now because, um, <laughs> that would be great to see, um, where I'm at there, but that's definitely, that's my biggest thing, biggest challenge. And, um, I encourage all athletes like who are just naturally like, Hey, like I'm not the best or I'm not the strongest. And I don't know if I'll ever make it. Um, and just having a lot of that self doubt, doubt, hmm. it's like, put your blinders on if you want it, go get it. And like, that's like, just worry about your own self-growth, stay in your lane. And like, um, that's all that matters, right? Like that's literally all that matters. Um, and it's hard to remember that if you have a goal, you have an objective and you want that stop there. Right. Like no, no other, like, Oh, well, if, ands or buts, like, um, that's all you need to guide you. Nice. Well, and you also spend a lot of time helping others achieve, you know, your role, in general is to lift this entire group of professionals and amateurs in their goals, which is really cool to watch. I mean, um, when you were describing what you do for work, I cannot fathom how much that, how much time it must take, how many people you're caring for out in the cycling industry. So kudos. Well done. Thank Kristen, you. any, any thoughts, comments? No. Okay, great. No. Um, okay. Esma, we were at Leadville. You were there, but we didn't see you. <clears throat> so you've been, I mean, you've done a lot of events. Like you've seen a lot of, okay. Uh, any favorite events, favorite memories from this past season, favorite athletes, any, any, um, when you're like looking back on 
oh, this, I love this. Anything that stands out. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So many things come to mind. Um, yeah, I juggled a, a full calendar. So I was at all my races, but I was also at all my athletes races. So yes. <laughs> all my athletes are lifetime Grand Prix athletes. I was at five of the seven lifetime events. I went to two Rome Fest this year, went to Steamboat and a few other races, off-road races wow. that weren't just part of the lifetime calendar. Um, went to Leadville, um, went to Unbound uh was up you didn't sugar most you didn't come to beautiful beaver utah though beautiful I crusher oh. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't and i remember no. texting <laughs> i remember texting my athletes and i was like hey y'all like i'm really tired <laughs> like and this was i i went weekends and weekends and weekends of, of traveling um it's whether okay. it was me racing or me supporting and um oh my athletes are great if it weren't for them, like if I had any other bunch, I probably don't know if I would be here because it is, it's a, it's hard. It's a lot. Um, and, uh, they are all fantastic. You mentioned Sarah earlier. Fantastic. Yeah. Ellen Campbell. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. I want to give Ellen a shout out because she, uh, her and I, I feel like are similar in our athletic endeavors. Um, and she is so capable. Um, and she's the type of person where you like want to shake her and be like, you will win Leadville. Like you can do that. Um, <laughs> um, and like pour all of your confidence in, in them, um, in, in do them. <laughs> um, so Leadville is, is probably one of my favorites. Um, I think it's one of my favorites because of how you see the athletes, uh, taking it and how they approach it and how they are when they finish it. Um, it's almost for all of my athletes, one of their A races, uh, mm -hmm. which is super cool because it's arguably one of the most challenging races. So you're like, how does this happen? <laughs> uh, like, don't you just want to pick like, I don't know, like a flat <laughs> 80 mile race to win. <laughs> um, that's what I would personally do. <laughs> uh, but no, Leadville is definitely like really high up there. Um, there's a lot of history in it. The town is great and it's like a three and a half hour drive for me. So nice. Leadville is really awesome. Um, I was super impressed by Steamboat. Steamboat was one of, one of it was my first time going to Steamboat, Steamboat this year and I was blown away by it. Um, I think they just put on a really great race. Um, I think the organizers are great. Um, and I think they show up really strongly in the um, diversity and inclusion space. I think they do mm -hmm. a fantastic job um, at kind of like providing opportunity for those who otherwise wouldn't have it. So Steamboat's awesome. Leadville's awesome. I always like Big Sugar because again, it's like one of those like really crappy races that like everyone wants to do good at, but they're also like, uh, this race is so brutal. And like, I'm like, yes. <laughs> um, so that one's fun. And it's so like, it's more technical, right? It's like one of the few races you're seeing the athletes run 42s um, and 47s. Um, almost all the gravel races this year, people were on 35s to, yeah. uh, you know, 34s and 36s and 38s. But yeah. anyways, um, I think those, those are some of my favorite off-road events um, for road racing. Oh gosh. Um, I love Littleton. I think it's cause it's in my backyard and it was my first like big race I ever went to. Um, and I just love it. It's really fast and it's, it's kind of hard <laughs> and it's, uh, uh, it's super cool. Um, I love Littleton. Um, I also like IndyCrit again, probably cause it's a hometown race. Um, I think I just relate things like places I live, um, to races I really like. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Nice. But, Leadville is cool. probably top one. I would love to race Leadville um, one day that I don't have to work. With. Babe, let, we, we should go back. I mean, we should go back. We should do it. Oh, she's shaking her head. Yeah. You could go Let's back and Come on, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be so fun. I did see, I did see you come through um, the, I was at, uh, I forget which feed I was at, but I did see you. Nice. And I, I yelled. Was I, I crying or was I fine? Was I no, Kristen was, was saying. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. You that saw us. Cool. Great. That was a long day. Very cool. That was a long day. Um, you've been around so much of this sport and you've seen a lot of people win and lose. Um, I think it would be fun to hear from you. If you were going to sit down, I think this is maybe a two-part question. If you're going to sit down with like somebody just getting in, 
<clears throat> what kind of advice would you give them? And also, like like we mentioned before, the platform here of this team, like if you were going to give advice to just cyclists in general, um, how to get the most out of it, how to be great teammates, how to be a great community. I mean, what sort of things do you see that the best in this industry are doing that we could copy? <clears throat> yeah, I love that. Um, first thing that comes to mind is find a mentor, like find a really good mentor. Um, find a mentor who not only like do you maybe aspire to be in some aspects, it doesn't have to be that they're like the best racer in the world, but maybe there's other qualities or cues from them that you're like, I would like to, um, you know, have that too, mm. or like obtain those, those characteristics and qualities. Um, so find a mentor, uh, who you look up to a little bit and also a mentor who's like truly willing to pour everything they have into you. Uh, like I, I mentioned earlier too, like the idea of gatekeeping, <clears throat> I think you run into sometimes people, um, who don't want to, like they, they offer help and support, but then when it really comes down to it, um, they kind of leave you high and dry. Um, mm. so find those people who will make connections, reach out to teams or individuals. They know, like really know your, like what your goals are, uh, through and through and just help facilitate that growth. Um, my coach, um, I trust him with everything I have. I know he is there to truly and utterly facilitate my growth period, point blank, right? Um, and that feels really good. Um, you have somebody in your corner and if I were to ever leave automatic or, you know, pursue di something different, I know I have someone who's there advocating for me. So I think finding just a mentor um, and an advocate in that mentor is huge um, and kind of like helping just emotionally support you too in your endeavors. So um, I think I think that's huge. I have a lot of mentors. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. That'd be Chris, the big one. Kristen, any questions? Follow up? Mm, no. I'm <clears throat> no. Okay. I do have a question then for both of you. And don't take this the wrong way. If this if this question was twisted a bit to women speaking to men in this in this world, um, what advice are you giving? to to the guys you ride with, the guys that you're with, or the guys at the shop? Um like what, or, or the dads, Kristen, that you ride with, like, what are we missing? What, what don't we see when it comes to ladies in this industry? Is that a good, is that okay? Yeah. Okay. That's Kristen, like, do you want to go, go oh, Okay. <laughs> <You should. laughs> uh, the, I mean, I think of like, don't make assumptions, right? I think that's where the, the, the things that stick out to me the most are times where like, it was just like a blatant obsession, um, um, like, assumption. Um, yeah assumption like I'm just like well that's like completely incorrect like you don't know anything about me um and I think those those have been the the hardest moments um I think um I talked to my fiance a lot about I'm like I'm like there's a lot of really kick-ass women racing around you and a lot that could like beat you easily <laughs> and don't assume that they can't because they're a female um he's like yeah that's very true. I'm like, yeah, don't forget it. <laughs> um, same with working on bikes. Um, I'm like, don't assume they don't know how to do it or like put a pedal on or know something about like some tech spec of the, what their Shimano drivetrain is, um, you know, because they're women. I think a lot of times um, male on male interactions, you don't see as many of those assumptions. Um, it's more of a conversation right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, so Great advice. Kristen? Yeah. Um, the only other thing, I mean, it's, it's obvious, but, you know, just finding a space to be competitive as a female in the sport is just few and far between. And so it just puts us in the position of obviously, you know, training with and, and riding with and alongside male counterparts. And I think just understanding that, we have the same goals. Like we have the same idea of, you know, the sport and, and we want to push ourselves the same. And um, yeah, a lot of times those assumptions of, you know, because we're female, like, Oh, we can't hang or um, I don't know. I just think like just realizing, I think sometimes for women to show up is like, 
is the heart is hard. <laughs> you guys kind of, you know, you, you just are so used to kind of showing up and having this like huge group. And, um, I don't think you'd probably ever feel nervous to like show up to a ride. Like, um, but just being sensitive to, um, what that's like to be, you know, in a field where there's 2000 men and there's 150 women, you know, I mean, that's like, <laughs> it's just, it's just being aware because I think the more aware that people are, then those assumptions will start to go away because it's just, it's just knowing like who's in that space with you and, and how would you want to be treated? Um, and I think our team does such a great job of it. And, um, you know, I've never felt that way in our group, but I have in you know, other places. And I just think, um, yeah, just like being aware, just being aware of like the, the extra step it takes just to get, to get her to come and, and to show up and to, and there's not a whole lot of other places to go, you know, I mean, that is kind of like what we have. So, um, just like being respectful to the fact that we are there, we're showing up, like we have the same aspirations for ourselves that you do. And we just want that same mutual respect of, we actually do know like what we're talking about. And sometimes we do know things when it comes to nutrition that maybe you don't or whatever. And, you know, it's easy to sort of be discounted, but you know, what makes someone feel part of a group or a team is to be seen, um, to feel like you're being seen, you're being heard and um, not just discounted because you're like, you're the minority or um, I don't know if that makes any sense, but uh, I would just say awareness, I guess, is kind of key. Nice. Does it help to ride the nicest bike? Always. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you, you don't think I know anything, but turns out my bike is way nicer than yours. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, Esma, we always kind of end with, um, and, and you can take this any way you want, but rules that you live by. Um, I know that that can be super deep or kind of funny, but is there anything, um, it doesn't have to be cycling related, but is there any rules, uh, three or four rules that you live by advice, um, that you could pass on? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can learn something from anyone. I think I've been saying that forever very mm -hmm. quickly was like, you know, you might hate them, but there's probably something they can do that you can't. <laughs> um, so you can learn something from everyone. Um, I think have empathy in all situations. Again, it kind of goes back to like somebody you hate or somebody's making you mad. Like it just have empathy. Like, you know, um, it's like, um, it's going to take you a lot further in life than literally anything else. <laughs> just being nice. Yeah. Um, I think those are big. Um, I think not expecting any free handouts um, and just being really like self-driven um, and self-made is really important to me too. So no free handouts, be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Learn something from anyone. <laughs> That's awesome. Esma, you are uh, like an inspiration. I think, I mean, you're awesome. It's fun to watch you and to interact with you. Um, it was kind of what motivated me to ask you to be on here. I think you have a lot to give even as, even though you're young. I mean, not like I'm old, but you're like young and it's cool to watch. It's cool to see how passionate you are because I'm just as, I feel like me and Kristen are just as passionate about sharing what this offers. Um, that's the coolest part about it is. I really loved what you said about, I mean, not to take away from gymnastics, but that it takes, and this continues to give to us, like, especially just time with our kids and what it makes them learn. Um, I just love that about what you're sharing too. It's fun to share that kind of ideal. So anyway, Kristen, any final thoughts? Mm. Mm. I have lots of thoughts, but, um, oh, great. No, I'm just, uh, I, I'm just grateful that there are people like you who are going to be the next generation of cycling. I mean, you're going to help it push forward and hopefully grow in good ways. And I'm excited because I know my daughters will be a part of that. And hopefully what Stu and I do can also help. And um, yeah, we're always here for anything bikes to push that. Yes. Push that agenda. Because, All bikes. Um, yeah. 
it really does give back to us in, in so many ways that really have nothing to do with bikes. So anyway, grateful that you'd come and spend time with us and, and tell us a little bit about what you're doing. So thank you. Thanks, Hesma. Thank you. This was you're awesome. awesome. Yeah. Good <laughs> luck riding. Good luck riding in the cold. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Kristen, you missed it before you got on. Esma was talking about how her coach is just like, doesn't matter. We're going out. You just go out. <laughs> you just go out. Cool. All right, guys. Thanks so much. We'll wrap up. Appreciate you, Esma. Have a great season. Good off season, I guess. Cool. Thank you. Thanks, Kristen. Yeah.